Hi folks, Neil here. We want to help answer all your questions about Rome. That's why you can listen to this episode in the Circa app for iPhone and get all the show notes, pictures, maps, and links you need to find everything we tell you about in this Rome guide. Best of all, in the Circa app, you can message a Circa concierge and you can get any question about Rome answered by real people right here. The best way to visit the Colosseum, how to get around, where to find an absolutely beautiful carbonara. We're giving you a friend to ask anywhere in the world. Real people, no AI ever. And for a limited time, it's completely free. The Circa Travel app is available in the App Store right now or at circatravel.com. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome to Circa. This is an episode about the real dreamers. The pure souls that make our lives incredibly beautiful and exhausting. This is an episode about how to do Rome with kids and about the culture around kids in Rome. And so, with that in mind, we're going to tell you a lot. But don't worry. There will be maps, notes and info on the places mentioned in these guides in the Circa app as well as all the other full guide episodes to this wonderful city. So just sit back, put your headphones on, and... Let's go play! Circa. Love the world you live in, and we'll help you explore it. Once upon a time, on these small squares we now walk on, men with golden and red armor would get ready to face lions in the Colosseum. Sometimes, giraffes and mammoths would walk here. Children like yours would hold on to their mother's long dresses and hide behind them. Or they would climb onto their father's shoulders for a better view. Children would play the same games yours do today in these big squares, hide-and-seek, horse-riding, hoop-rolling, and ball. This place is called the Palatine Hill. Life with kids 3,000 years ago was really not so different. Children went to school from morning to afternoon with a lunch break, just like today. But when I think of Rome, a word comes to mind. Fable. As a storyteller, when I think of kids, I think of the importance of fostering their imagination. And there is so much material here to entertain your children. So many crazy stories. Rome can entertain kids of all ages, but sometimes the darkness in our past doesn't make it very comfortable to explore with kids. But with preparation and planning, 
it can be. The practical stuff. Rome is romantic, yes, but it's also chaotic. So, especially with kids, let's first talk about the basics you'll need to know to start off on the right foot. Don't worry, by the end of your first day, you'll be enjoying a nice glass of spritz on a piazza as your kids play in the square, just like the children of Rome. The best seasons to visit Rome are autumn and spring. The weather in July and August gets sticky and can reach temperatures of 40 degrees Celsius, over 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Fair warning. No amount of gelato will keep your kids from melting in this kind of heat. This city is also very busy during the holidays like Christmas and Easter. The center can get really, really chaotic. A great way to start is to book a hotel in the right area. Rome is not a very organized city and the traffic can be overwhelming. So minimizing transport is important with the little ones. You can opt for Centro Storico, looking around streets like Via Giulia or Via del Governo Vecchio when booking your hotel or B&B. Another great area is Trastevere, but this neighborhood can get a bit loud at night. So make sure you ask the hotel if it's on a quiet street. I love Monti. It's a great area near the Colosseum filled with pedestrian streets, tiny squares and terracotta houses. There's also a metro nearby, Cavour, which you can take to get to all the other hotspots. Also, Rome's streets are not exactly even. You will find a lot of potholes and our famous cobblestones are quite hard for strollers and toddlers who have just started walking. A good stroller with bigger wheels or a baby carrier will go a long way. Rome is crowded almost all the time, especially around the main monuments. Following our tips for advanced booking and tour guides will make sure you get to see everything on your list and avoid spending hours in lines with kids. Rome is easy to do when your kids are so small that you can carry them around with you and visit the monuments and roam the streets. It is also great when your kids are a bit older and they can marvel at the beauty and be engaged with the stories of ancient and renaissance Rome. Now that we've got the basics, let's explore the kids' culture of the Eternal City. Children in Rome the Italian spirit is incredibly familial. Sunday lunches are a tradition here, and usually they take place at grandparents' houses and involve huge amounts of home-cooked food. The influence of the Catholic Church has contributed to the idea that family is very important here, and an entrenched part of the city's character. For many years, this city itself was a playground. Our parents used to play football in the squares of the Centro Storico, they would go to school alone and come back alone. Kids were like tiny adults, tending to themselves as their parents worked. Older siblings would often look after the small ones. After the Second World War, there were not many playgrounds for children, 
and parents were too busy rebuilding the city to make them. Kids had to figure it out themselves. This allowed for a period where the community between children became emblematic of Roman life. Children would play with water balloons in the summer, and the streets were covered in chalk marks from kids playing hopscotch for hours. But the most famous of all was giocare a pallone, essentially street soccer. Grandmas would scream, Arigazzi, e mo vo bugo sto pallone. If you hit my house one more time with that ball, I will pop it. Children's screams and laughter fill these streets. Around the 80s, the political landscape of Rome became more bleak. Organized crime rose, events like the disappearance of Emanuele Orlandi from the Vatican, the kidnappings of Johnny the Gypsy and the terrorist attacks of Brigate Rosse made Roman streets less safe. So, pools, gyms and recreational spaces were built and children didn't really need the streets anymore. The one thing that has always remained the same is that there are a few spots where you know you will find your friends. Each group has their own meeting place, a square, a fountain or a bar. At any time of the day, especially in the Centro Storico, you will see teenagers gathering with their friends. When you come to Rome, you will witness the inescapable stereotype of the Italian mom. It is true. Roman moms can be a bit overbearing, but they're also extremely loving. The big stars of the family, however, are the nonnas, who will spend hours on Sundays cooking everything their grandchildren love. Italian kids are spoiled. They are very protected and obsessively adored from a young age. Of course, things are changing as the city opens up and becomes more international. But essentially, Italian families still revolve around the children. Kids here are accepted. But it is also very clear that they are the responsibility of the parents. Although if your child is being too annoying, a random Italian nonna might start shouting at them to behave. I know, it can be confusing, but just go with the flow and say, Mi scusi signora, and you'll be fine. the Imperial Forums and Palatine Hills. If you're in Rome with your kids, you are probably here to visit the main attractions and landmarks. No one comes here to go to the park, even though Rome has spectacular parks, or the cinema, even though these are great too. You come here to visit the majestic monuments and eat like a king. Every major museum is kid-friendly, with the right gear and possibly the help of a guide you will be good to go. But there is one place that I love and that is perfect for families. On a sunny day, which is almost all the time, the Imperial Forums and Palatine Hills are the best place to be with your kids. The Roman Forum is the historic setting of Imperial Rome, located between Piazza Venezia and the Colosseum. It continues seamlessly onto the Palatine and Capitoline Hill, a beautiful green space of Roman pine trees and water fountains. Together with the area of the Colosseum and the Arch of Constantine, it is the largest and most important archaeological complex in the world, the Parco Archeologico del Colosseo. 
Focus on the Forum and Palatine Hill part. Book your tickets in advance so you don't have to queue, and if possible, go with a tour guide. They will probably sort the ticket out for you. The signage around Roman archaeological sites are embarrassingly undetailed, and this place contains so many ruins and crumbled stones, so it can be hard to know what you're looking at. Get a guide. This is where the heart of ancient Rome beats beneath a complex layering of streets, squares and buildings whose history, excavations and restorations have constantly transformed. A unique archaeological panorama that also includes masterpieces of medieval art. Keep in mind that this is an open area, so you're going to be subject to the weather. Here you can see the Arch of Constantine, built in honor of Constantine the Great, who ruled from 306 to 337. It shows his battles and honors his victories. School-age kids find these stories fascinating. So having a guide who is an expert in leading tours with kids will definitely help you enjoy the experience without having to answer a million questions. We'll link you to someone we recommend in the notes. The Arch of Constantine is one of three surviving triumphal arches in Rome. This one is incredibly beautiful, and under a blue sky, even more so. Surrounded by cobblestones, olive and pine trees, and beautiful gardens, this arch is a perfect backdrop for a family photo. This open space is fenced in, so your kids can roam around if they get bored and you can enjoy your tour. Follow the crowd up some stairs up the Palatine Hill. You will arrive at a beautiful terrace where you will be able to see the forums from above. From here, you can also see the Colosseum, and if you turn around, you can see Piazza Venezia. It's a spectacular view. This terrace was designed in 1537 for Cardinal Alessandro Farnese, nephew of Pope Paul III. It was his dream to create a place suspended in time between imperial memories and dynastic family celebrations. A space of leisure and beauty, nature and art, inspired by the memory of the ancient Roman gardens. One word of warning. There is a danger looming around the ruins, especially where the tomb of Julius Caesar sits. Seagulls. Though they gracefully remind us that the sea is not so far, these birds have no fear, and they will steal food right out of your hands. You can actually see them attacking people who run away clutching a sandwich or a piece of pizza in their hand. They are relentless, so if I can suggest one thing, it is not to open snacks whilst here. Your children might be a little traumatized. By all means, let them enjoy the show, though as the seagulls attack clueless passers-by. Legend says that Rome was actually founded on seven hills, and among all of them, the most sacred one was the Palatine, because it was chosen by Romulus himself as the starting point for the creation of the city, which would later become the center of the Roman Empire. 
If you go up the hill, you'll see the more traditional park-like part of the archaeological site. Within the park, there are about 70 benches, often near fountains. Let the kids have a splash on a hot day. It will be good fun and a chance to regroup before visiting the nearby Colosseum. The park has vending machines, shaded spots and a myriad of pine trees to relax under. There are around two kilometers of paths and eight bathrooms all located near the entrances. Enjoy and bring a snack and a drink if you need it. You can get one at Celio in Food, just outside the Colosseum. It's a cute little deli which makes sandwiches and has drinks and, obviously, pizza al taglio. Before eating it, make sure you've checked that the seagulls aren't lurking. Green Spaces and Parks In this and other episodes in this guide, we've talked about ruins and shining cobblestones and landmark buildings. It's what makes the city so astonishingly picturesque, and it deserves all the words we've spent. But what is rarely talked about is what nature gave us of her own accord. What, thankfully, has survived the continuous expansion of the eternal city? Parks, greenery, nature and open space. Rome is an oddly green city. Even some of the tiniest alleys and windowsills are filled with plants and flowers. You'll also notice some roads are called via, whilst others are called viale. Most people think the differences come from their size, viales usually being wider and longer roads. But it actually means the road is lined with trees, trimmed during the winter so that they can flourish beautifully in the coming of spring. Viales are lovely to walk along during the autumn months, when leaves fall and the grey pavement is covered by a carpet of burgundy and orange. As a child, I used to love looking down at my feet and seeing nature's paintings on the ground. So, here are the outdoor spaces I wouldn't skip over, with or without kids. Number one, Villa Borghese. Many parks in Rome are named with the word villa in front, like Villa Borghese, Villa Doria Pamfili, Villa Torlonia, and so on. This goes back to the legacy of Rome's high society families. These parks were their homes, their own personal backyards. Villa Borghese is possibly Rome's most famous park. It is a spectacular 80 acres green space filled with history, art, and diverse landscaping. It is the perfect spot for humans of all ages, and children especially. This is not just a park. It is somewhere to get lost in, somewhere to explore. Villa Borghese has various entrances, all leading to a different part of the park. Take the Trinità dei Monti entrance, and a short walk opens out onto one of the most beautiful views of Rome. Or take the Via Ramondi entrance, where ancient ruins blend with the green landscape. But I suggest you take the children to the park and let them lead. Visit the Valley of the Dogs, where dogs are allowed off-leash. Or Piazza di Siena, where the horses used to race. Take them to rent bicycles at Pichipincho, 
It'll set you back around 5 euros per bike per hour, but it's definitely worth it. Or take them to watch the rollerbladers next to the Casina dell'Orologio, or to the ponds and fountains where the swans and birds float next to little wooden boats, which you can rent at the Tempio di Esculapio. For some Italian-style entertainment, take them to the Cinema dei Piccoli, the cinema for the small ones, a tiny playhouse that shows children's films in Italian and has only 63 seats. Wherever you can take them in Villa Borghese, know that you're going to love it too. If you want to have a picnic or walk through a rare and unique spot, head towards Circo Massimo. It's another great location for parents and children alike. It is nestled between the Palatino and the Aventino Hills, and it's a sort of gigantic oval bowl of green surrounded by incredible ruins. Its width and length make it the perfect running and playing spot for children of all ages. It is lined by trees on its edges, but the majority of it is let completely open. An expansive green lawn. It will be a bit too hot out there during the summer, but if it's spring or autumn, it's a marvelous spot to relax. Just don't forget to bring hats and sunscreen. A must all year round. Number three, Villa Torlonia. This next one is a place not often visited by tourists. Villa Torlonia is a sweet little space found off Via Nomentana. Reachable with buses, a taxi or Metro Bologna, This is a beautiful park centered around La Casina delle Civette, the owl's little house. It's actually a human-sized villa that takes its name from the two little owl statues found on the stained glass windows. This villa has been the product of various transformations throughout the years, and its evolving nature gives a magical feel to the whole park. It is a favorite spot for local families, architectural enthusiasts, and all those who simply enjoy a beautiful and special place. The Little Owl's House is only one of the many architectural homes in the park, but definitely the most unique. The strange mix of medieval and Art Nouveau spawned from the imagination of its owner and designer, Giovanni Torlonia, the last descendant of an old noble family. Walking through Villa Torlonia is like looking at a puzzle whose pieces were chosen by a child. It isn't really cohesive, but somehow it just flows. Let go of the logic and grab your kid's hand. Magic waits for no one. Hi everyone, Circa's recruiting new concierges. A Circa concierge is a friend to ask anywhere in the world. Real people, on the ground, never bots. If you want to be a concierge for your city, go to circatravel.com to sign up. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Museums and the Vatican with kids. If you're in Rome, whether with kids or not, you will have to visit some of our world-famous museums. Let's start with the basics. All museums are kid-friendly, and in most of them, children can enter for free or at a reduced price. First, let's get spooky. There is one tour that older kids always love. It's not for the faint-hearted or the claustrophobic. Number one, the Roman catacombs. This is something I always found fascinating. The death was celebrated and honored in many ways back in the day, whilst now our society tends to want to ignore death. But in Rome, you simply couldn't. Between diseases, pests, and gladiators, it was an everyday thing. So much so that they created entire cities underground for the dead. Adorned with frescoes and sculptures, beautifully carved sarcophaguses, these burial sites have become some of the most important cultural visits to take in the city. We call these sites the catacombs, and there are about 40 of them in Rome. The classic is the Catacomb of Callistus, near the park of the Caffarella, which is on a stunning green space where you can take your kids after the visit. The catacombs of San Sebastiano were used as a burial pagan place, named after the Saint Sebastian, who chose to suffer the torture of arrows till death rather than convert to the Christian faith. Adorned with frescoes all the way back to the 4th century, this spooky labyrinth is worth a visit. Book in advance on their official website, especially for the Callistus. We'll link you in the notes. Number 2. The Vatican Doing the Vatican with kids is possible. But you do have to gear up. It's not a bad idea to hire a guide. We can recommend some that have experience with children. They will tell them about the myths and legends, the crazy maps on the walls and the funny anecdotes. Second, bring water, because it will likely be a lengthy activity. And reserve some time to roam around the pine garden at the end to let the little ones have some unconfined play. There are bathrooms and even a cafe at the restaurant inside, although I don't recommend the food unless it's an emergency. Kids will love the snail staircase. Designed by Giuseppe Momo in 1932, it has two intertwined stairways that curve in a double helix. One of the staircases goes up, whilst the other leads down. So, when you're on one end of the stairs, you will see people going the other way, but you will never meet. The optical illusion drives them mad. For more about the Vatican, check out our Vatican episode in this guide. The truth is, the classic museums like the Capitoline Museums or the Fori Traiani are all kid-friendly, but seldom do they have activities for kids. And when they do, they are mainly in Italian. Number three, the Balloon Museum. This colorful, playful space is the first museum in the world for balloon art. Yes, you heard that right. 
Imagine walking through a white corridor with red, blue and yellow balloons suspended in mid-air, entering a room with gigantic pastel-colored balloons, exploring light-filled labyrinths that remind me so much of the colorful world of Yayoi Kusama. The Balloon Museum is in the Prati neighborhood. A bit off the center, but perfectly reachable by metro, at Lepanto or Ottaviano. It is open from Monday to Friday in the afternoons and Saturday and Sunday from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. I suggest going during the week to avoid the crowds. Another museum which is spacious and has lots of interesting art, which doesn't require a guide, is the Maxi Museum, also in Prati. In a building designed by Zaha Hadid, This contemporary museum is a nice distraction from all the ancient buildings of Rome. It redefines what beautiful means in the city. The museum has a sun-drenched courtyard in the middle with white pebbles and trees. Kids love it there. For the parents of the really small ones, it's good to know the bathrooms here have changing tables. Rome also has a children's museum. Explore a Children Museum, again in the Prati neighborhood. This museum is supported by non-profit organizations and promotes the study of sensorial and educational development in children. Inside, you'll find a Lego world, or a soft play area for children under three and imaginative sensory experiences. Honestly, this is a go-to when your kids have had enough of the sightseeing and historical spots. One more museum to recommend, because it's Rome, of course. The Gladiator Museum. What better thing to do in Rome than learn to be a gladiator? Well, here you can. The Gladiator School will offer activities where your kids can dress up as gladiators and learn to use armor and weapons. It is super fun, and you can book in advance on their official website. The price is around 90 euros and they have classes in English and Spanish. Adventure outside of Rome. The Roman center has so much to offer that you could spend your whole holiday there. But we all need a break from the city. Rome is surrounded by idyllic countryside and has some of the most incredible villas outside of its perimeter. And who doesn't love a road trip? To travel outside the city, rent a car. But do not rent a car in the city. Avoid driving in Rome at all costs. Pick up your car from the Fiumicino airport or the Tiburtina train station. Avoid rush hour in the morning and evening to get in or out and Sunday and Friday afternoons if you don't want to get stuck in traffic. Many Romans leave the city for the weekend. If renting a car is not your thing, tour companies like Roman Vacations also organize day trips. Or if you want to splash out, you can hire a driver for the day. So, number one, Tivoli. I recommend a day trip to Tivoli, which is idyllic, 
especially with kids and only one hour and 15 minutes drive from the airport. You and your little ones will be mesmerized by the beauty of Villa d'Este, a Renaissance villa from the 16th century and a UNESCO World Heritage Site. I do believe that fairy tales were based on this beautiful place. The massive facade is studded with big columns, bright orange walls with marble sculptures ingrained in them. Explore the botanical gardens and the fountains, so many fountains, and plants crawling into the water looking for alternate worlds. It's like Versailles meets Alice in Wonderland meets Romeo and Juliet. The enchanted villa costs around 8 euros, four for children and booking in advance is recommended. After exploring the grounds of the villa, take a stroll through the old town of Tivoli. This conglomerate of medieval-looking houses on top of a mountain is a charming and picturesque village. I suggest a walk there too. Number two, Viterbo. If you want to combine a Renaissance villa with a kick-ass lunch, then Villa Caprarola in Viterbo is the way to go. This fresco-filled pentagonal villa is a gem just over an hour drive north from the Eternal City. It belonged to the Farnese family, the same ones who owned the piazza and the now French embassy. It's a true statement of Farnese power. The Renaissance influencers did it much better than our current influencers. Villas, fountains and famous artists painting your home walls. Visit the enormous villa and then go eat at one of the trattorias of Viterbo. Il Richiastro and l'Archetto are great. For a beautiful meal, and if you want a slow food experience, 13 gradi won't disappoint you. Nearby, there is also a medieval hilltop village accessible only via a pedestrian bridge called Civita di Bagnoreggio. Foreign and local tourists come here to enter the walls of this idyllic little artsy village. You can park your car near the entrance to the bridge, and fair warning, the village charges an entrance fee of 5 euros. But the view is spectacular. Sometimes, when the clouds are low, you can't see the bridge, and the village looks like it's floating on air. Number 3. The Monster Park of Bomarzo. Here, every thought flies. You will find this phrase engraved on a monstrous sculpture in the middle of a magical forest. Welcome to Bomarzo. If I were to imagine entering a fairy tale, I would imagine a forest with talking flowers and statues. I would imagine fountains and labyrinths and trees that come to life at night to impart important life lessons. I would imagine being able to enter the mouths of giant loving monsters that contain green spaces, tall trees, and crooked houses. This park is just an hour and a half drive from the Roman city center. It is called the Sacred Forest, and your kids will absolutely love it. Also known as the Monster Park because of the grotesque sculptures and surreal landscapes, this is the oldest sculpture park in the modern world. Prince Pierfrancesco Orsini, known as Vicino, commissioned the first part of the work in the early 16th century. He had the rocks carved on site, 
animating them and giving them menacing or joyful shapes, like dreamlike creatures. The park is free for children under four, eight euros for the older ones and 13 for everyone else. The forest differs from your typical Italian garden, which is really interesting. Unlike the spotless Renaissance gardens, this place has a quirkier vibe, less curated, but giving rise to a labyrinth of silences, allusions and illusions. Historians and philologists have long studied the park to see a connection between the symbols, ancient patterns and motifs of Renaissance literature that appear within it. The beauty of being a child here is that they find magic in everything. And the beauty of being here as an adult is that the children inside of us are always present. And this place will bring them out. How to feed your kids in Rome. I'm hungry. I have no idea how many times I annoyed my parents growing up, very theatrically telling them that I needed food. I still do this today, to be honest, and complaining about it still gives me the same satisfied feeling. Like, I know food won't magically appear in my hands immediately, but just telling the world sort of makes me feel better. Hangry kids are not fun, but thankfully you're in the perfect place to solve that problem. Restaurants are great for kids and most will accommodate kids' needs. You can ask for simple spaghetti al pomodoro, which is spaghetti with tomato sauce, nearly anywhere. But the number of children I've seen bored out of their mind three hours into a dinner is, well, it's not uncommon. And to be fair, understandable. I love a good, long, talkative dinner. But when I was a kid, once I was done with my food, I was definitely done with the dinner table. And as you will probably realize, Romans like to take their time doing anything, especially when at the dinner table. There is one exception in which Romans change their ways and firmly believe in time and its importance. The one time where getting from A to B is a very serious matter that needs to be dealt with ASAP. This is when B is something to eat. So let's talk about what fast food means in Rome. Scattered around town are these magical and glorious little places that sell pizza al taglio. Cut pizza. It's the original version of the American New York slice, but it's nothing like it. The pizzas aren't round and thick. They're rectangular and definitely not pies. Walk into one of these places and you'll see a myriad of different pizzas lying before you, looking a bit like focaccias and topped with everything. There's always someone ready to cut you a square, whatever size you feel like having. You just indicate where the cut should be made by holding your hands apart at the desired size. Look closely at how they cut and slice and weigh the treasured food. It's an art from here. La vuoi la pizza? Do you want pizza? That is the response that I always craved for when I said I was hungry. It is like the melody of a lullaby I have known all my life. When I was a child, biting into that folded square of pizza, held together only by a shiny piece of paper, was pure satisfaction. 
the crunch, the warmth, and the inevitable disaster that was the tomato sauce overflowing from all its sides. Head over to Bonci, near Cipro. Angelo e Simonetta near Via Nomentana or Antico Forno Roscioli in Via dei Chiavari for some of the best pizza al taglio in Rome. These bakeries, also known as Forni, also serve a selection of suppli, which is a rice ball with mozzarella inside, and which must never be called arancini because Romans will get offended. Arancini comes from Sicily. At a forno, you'll also see crocchette, small cylinders of fried mashed potatoes. In some, you can also find some of our fried delicacies, fiori di zucca fritti, which is zucchini flowers filled with mozzarella and anchovies. Getting pizza al taglio is that one pleasure that even as adults requires absolutely no effort, but assures maximum happiness. If there's one thing you need to take my word for, it's this. Gift your child a truly Roman experience and allow yourself a moment of indulgence. And if your shirt gets a little dirty, be happy about it. Because you're probably doing it right. Thanks for listening to our Play Here episode in Rome. I hope we have cleared away some of your worries about traveling to Rome with your little ones and given you some great ideas for things to do. You're all prepared now. Whether you're heading to Rome right now, sometime in the near future, or you'd just like to learn all about a place we truly love, you'll get instant access to the full guide plus new episodes on a regular basis when you subscribe to Circa. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or download the Circa app, where you can also get pictures and maps and notes on everything in this episode and more. Maybe you'll want to sample our guides from Barcelona, London, New York, LA, and many, many more. Circa. Love the world you live in, and we'll help you explore it. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.